Thanks for tuning into the ES First podcast. We'd love to connect with you on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. So take a minute to hop on over and give us a like or a follow. And of course, if you're ever in Excelsior Springs, stop on by. We can't wait to welcome you home. Uh, whether it's your first time or your 5,000th time, we're glad you're here. Uh, we come from all walks of life. We have people who come from church backgrounds. We have church people, people that come from no church backgrounds. We have people who were once atheists. We have people who, um, who are, are trying to figure out what they believe. But you're welcome here. And uh, we talk about the Bible. We believe Jesus is an amazing, amazing person. We believe he was God and both, both man and that the Bible is from him. And it is for our lives. We find that when we read it, when we look into it, it changes our hearts. And uh, for some reason, we're different. It, it strikes and we go, wow, that was exactly for me. Um, you know, have you ever watched a movie and you're like, I didn't enjoy the movie? You know, you ever listen to a song like, that's not my kind of music? You know what I mean? My wife and I are, are a little bit different in our, our musical taste. There's some music that we listen to. It's exactly on. Um, we like both. And then there's sometimes she's listening to like heavy metal. Go, 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 go. I'm like, oh, I just, I don't get it. I need more drums and tomahawk chops. I don't know. Um, and there's sometimes I listen to music, for the most part, she never says anything, but I listen to some music, and I'm pretty sure she's like, it just doesn't hit for me. And here's the thing about the Bible. No matter if it, if it, uh, if you feel like it's not for you, there's something in it that strikes a chord in your life, and you, and, and you receive truth, because the Bible is so alive and it is moving and changing to fit your life in the places you need it most. So that's why we read the Bible. That's why we follow Jesus. And uh, you may have come here and been like, wow, that, that sermon was, I felt like Brandon or Pastor was just talking directly to me. It's because God is speaking to you. So before the, the Christmas break, when we did everything else, we did uh, Christmas sermons. We did uh, fasting sermons. We had a revival. We were preaching on the book of Romans. The book of Romans is uh, it's a letter to uh, the church at Rome. So Paul wrote it. He wrote a lot of the New Testament because these are just letters that he wrote to churches. And he writes to the church at Rome. He says, I want to come to you and I want to preach the gospel. Now, the church at Rome was alive in one of the most uh, persecuted times in history. I think it was the most hellish time in all of history. The Roman Empire was full of evil, sin, paganism. It was, it was full of, of, of worship of, of devils and, and just crazy stuff going on um, in Rome to the point where um, they would eventually start to kill Christians. They, Nero would take stakes and and shove them up the backside of, of Christians while they're still alive, um, put them up like uh, candles and light them on fire so that his events would have light. It's crazy to think about. So whenever you think about your persecuted or the Christians or whatever are having a hard time in America, think about Rome. Think about uh, this time going on. So he writes to Romans, and this church is on fire. They're excited. I mean, they know all the right verses. They're probably worshiping and praying all the time for their life. And he says, I want to preach to you the gospel. The gospel is this story about how Jesus comes to save your life. And uh, the first 12 chapters of, of Romans is, is dealing with this concept, this idea of how God saves us, of how he changes our lives. Because what happens is, is oftentimes when we get serving God, we forget about the glorious and wonderful gospel, which is the truth of how Jesus has come to save us, to going from old to new. And so he talks about that. And, and, and the gospel is this, that Jesus Christ comes to save, deliver, and bring you a new life 
make you new on the inside because you're broken, because you have problems, because you can't save yourself. And so he gives it to you as a free gift. And a lot of times religion wants to kind of give you a set of rules. We're rule people. Like we like somebody, just tell me what to do. It's like when it's really obscure and we don't know what to do and then somebody gets on our tail, we're like, you didn't tell me what to do, right? And so we want God to come down and we want him to, to tell us what to do. Just do this, do this, do this, and eventually you'll, you'll get to heaven. But unfortunately, he created a system in which it, you, it was so bent against you that you couldn't do it so that he would have to save you, right? So he gives you 10 commandments and he says, don't kill, don't cheat. But he says things like, don't lie. Honor your father and your mother. How many people broke that one? Right? <laughs> so the simple ones, he's like, love the Lord God with all of your heart. What? Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Like, it's easy. We're, we're worshipers. We worship everything. Just, just right there in the first two, I get off track. I'm a sinner. I can't save myself. There's no way his list even works for me. So he says, I tell you what, I know that you can't keep all the rules, so I'm going to give you life from my perspective. So he comes down, and Jesus dies on a cross, and he, he, he saves us from ourselves, and it's a free gift. All we have to do is believe in faith, and that salvation is what takes us into right standing with God. Now we get to have access to God. We get to pray. We get to, to speak to God on one-on-one. He's speaking to us. He's, he's talking. He's, he's moving in our lives, all because, all because Jesus paid the price, and that's the gospel. That's the gospel. And so before the break, I talked. I preached a sermon called Covered. And in that Covered um, sermon, which covers chapter 5 of Romans, is, is God is telling us about how there's basically two Adams. There's Adam, the original one, um, who is in the garden. We're all based after him. God made the first man and, and breathed life into him. And because of his sin, all of us are doomed. Right? So we're on his team, whether we like it or not, just because we're human. Right? We're sinners. We make mistakes. We have problems. Okay? And then he knew that that was such a broken system that actually he sends a second Adam, and Jesus becomes a, a, another type of Adam because he's the firstborn who is going to be this, this perfect human who dies and, and rises from the dead. He's the first one who raises, and he's the spiritual Adam. So we have Adam, the fleshly Adam, and Adam, the second Adam, Jesus, who is the spiritual Adam. We start off, we're all on this human side of, of the team, and, uh, and, and we're all messed up. When Jesus comes, when we believe in faith, we switch to Jesus' team, and by faith, we're made new. Right? So over here, we're covered by Adam, who's a big failure, and over here, we're covered by Jesus, who reigns supreme. Over here, we're covered by Adam, who was defeated by the, the, the devil, basically. He gives up his rights to Satan. And over here, we're covered by Jesus, who defeated Satan and reigns over everything. So he gives us authority. He gives us life. He gives it more abundantly. We're overflowing. And so that's what the, the covered is about. He makes us sinless. Adam made us sinners Jesus made us sinless. And so when he goes into chapter 6, he's going to address this a little bit. He's going to give you the aftermath of what your life should be like if you were on Team Jesus now. You can live your life and still be on Team Adam. You're covered by sin. Or you can live your life on Team Jesus and be covered by his blood. Covered by 
his winning. He is the ultimate MVP. You thought Mahomes was good? Jesus probably had curly hair before Mahomes did. So here we go. We're going to move into chapter 6, and we're going to talk about what it means for you to live on this team. Are you ready? Romans chapter 6, verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried in him, buried with him through baptism into his death in order that just as Jesus Christ was raised from death, through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the grace of God, which, Lord, you draw us with. You bring us to this place of new life. Lord, as we believe you, as we trust you, you are making us new every second of every day. Help us to live up to that standard. And this day, as we look into this, give us understanding. Let your Holy Spirit penetrate deep into our hearts and drop seeds of your truth and your wisdom because we need you above everything else. In Jesus' name. Amen. In 2008, my dad uh, had a heart attack. Now, he's still alive. Um, and most people ask me, how's your dad doing? And, you know, and, and for like years, they would ask me after he had the heart attack, oh, how's, how's your dad doing? I was like, well, he's a firefighter. And I passed his firefighter exam when he was at 62 years old, uh, when other 20-year-olds were dropping out of the program uh, because it was too tough. I mean, like, he's vibrant. Like, how's your dad? Well, he played, he played 36 holes of golf today, which my mom hates because she thinks he's going to drop dead out there. 36 holes of golf is a lot of golf, okay? Um, but how, how, how's your dad doing? I don't know. Well, he just drove down to fly fish uh, down in Tanny Como. He's out there all by himself. Yep, he's, he's great. He's doing wonderful. And uh, he caught four fish and taught his son-in-law how to fly fish. Wow, oh, it's crazy. My, my dad's in good health. But in 2008, I received a phone call from my mom said, uh, we just rushed your dad to the hospital. He is in liberty and uh, he's, ha- he's having a heart attack. Now, he was right here on Sunday morning and, and the, the, the fire chief was part of our church. And he was like, I don't know, like my dad was like, oh, something's weird in my arm. And I don't know, I don't feel so hot to get ready to preach. And uh, the fire chief says, um, no, we're calling somebody to come in and did a test. And they, they rushed him to the hospital. So I'm up at my brother's uh, house in Iowa. Now, my brother is 16 years older than me. He, he doesn't believe my dad when it comes to anything half the time. Um, so I'm like, I'm like, you know, dad is having a heart attack. And he's like, yeah, he's fine. It's just a little indigestion or whatever, you know. And he's, he's, he's going to be fine. I'm like, I'm like, no, dad is having a heart attack. He's in the hospital. He's like, oh, he's fine. He's fine. He's fine. So I, I, I sit there and I go to church and, and uh, I'm like, you know what? I'm not waiting any longer. I'm going to the hospital. So we drive back down from Iowa, and I go to the hospital. My dad's laid up in the, in the maternity room uh, at Liberty Hospital. It's freshly remodeled. He's like the first person to be in the maternity wing at Liberty. That's my dad. He always gets special treatment wherever he goes. And uh, this huge room, and the, the lights dim just right. It's not a cold, nasty hospital. Hello. Um, there's my dad. He's laying there. And uh, they, said, they said, Pastor... They didn't call him pastor. They said Larry. Um, Larry, your heart is 98% blocked. Your heart is 98% blocked, and we are going to have to do surgery. We're going to give you a quadruple bypass. 
quadruple bypass, so they take him in, and my dad starts to get a little nervous about that, and my dad doesn't get nervous very often. He's like, I don't know, I really want to do this, and I was like, you'll be fine, Dad, just be good, and uh, they went in, and, and they, they, they restructured his heart and gave him all new tubing and piping, whatever that stuff is in there, and, uh, and his heart was basically brand new. They said, the good news is your heart attack didn't damage your heart. There's no damage to your heart whatsoever, but we've made your heart brand new. We took out all the blockage. You're basically flowing perfectly like you're a young man again. And that was amazing, okay? Now, he had a, had a, he had a heart, and he was, he was new, and he was excited about that, but he still had a, a big cut down the middle of his chest. And he has, used to have this thing like that you, you hold together because when you cough, your whole body wants to fly apart again. Like you're going to cough your lungs, literally cough your lungs onto the table. <laughs> Bam. It hurts. And he's like, sitting there, he's like, man, it hurts so bad to do this. And, and he went through this recovery period where he was trying to get stronger and, 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 and do things he used to do. And, and he gets to the place where his heart is fine, his, his big scar on his chest is fine. It's all healed up. And, and he's sucking and blowing on that, that thing. To, you know, like it's like a game, right? Like, and you got to like get the... the, the the, you know what I'm talking about? If you've been to the hospital, you know what I'm talking about. You're like, yeah, I did that. I was like, yeah, it's a game. So, you know, we would have games. I'd go in there and we'd play, like, try to suck that up to 70, you know. <laughs> I was like, this would be funner if we put stuff in the thing, Dad. Uh, just kidding. I love EOS first. Anyway. Um, <laughs> and, uh, He's all back to normal. He's back to life, and he starts playing golf again, and he's, he's got some animosity about his life. But he's feeling 100%. He's feeling good. And here's the thing that the doctor says. He comes in and says, I want you to sit down here. He says, you've got a new heart. But the problem is you're going to have to change your lifestyle. Okay. My dad was notorious for, like, when he was low on energy, he'd be like, I got to get something in me. And he would drive to McDonald's and get a cheeseburger. Thinking that would make him have more energy so he can continue the rest of his day. There came a turning point where my dad didn't do that anymore. He became a health nut. And uh, he, would, he would go on fishing trips with my older brothers. And, and the same brothers were like, oh, he's fine. It's indigestion, whatever. He, my dad would show up, and he would eat every two hours, like, cauliflower and bro- broccoli, just raw, just raw. And they'd be like, why are you doing that? You don't have to eat all this stuff. That's actually bad for you. You know, they had all these, I don't know what their, their thought process was, but they, had, they thought they were doctors half the time. And, uh, and we were all down here living with dad. We're like, whatever he's doing, let him do it. Let him do it because he's going to have to change his lifestyle to match what's going on on the inside. It's a, it's a new heart, but old habits. This is what happens in our life. As a matter of fact, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, or is it 2 Corinthians? It's a Corinthians 5.17. There we go. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old is gone and the new life has begun. Now we all talk about this when it comes to our spiritual life. Actually what happens is the old you is dead and the new you is here. And you come into church and you, and you start to get involved with, with what's happening. You feel something on the inside of your heart beginning to change. And then you go back out and all of the old is still alive. And you look at verses like this. It's like, why does my life not look different? 
Why do I have the same hang-ups, the same problems? Why do I have the same bad relationships? Why do I make the bad choices? Why do I always feel drawn to be this person? Maybe that Jesus thing didn't take. Maybe they opened me up and put all new tubing and, and put everything on the inside, but it didn't work. No, your new life has to match your new heart. God is doing a work on the inside of you. And it's the same thing that's true with salvation, or that it is salvation. We talk about the Adam thing. It's like over here, you're on team Adam, whether you like it or not. But when you believe in Jesus, you're all of a sudden new, whether you like it or not. Have you ever uh, gone to do something that maybe was your old habit? It was, it was the thing you were into. And... Uh, I'm not just talking about the habits. Everybody points out, like, you know, smoking, drinking, hanging out with girls that chew, whatever, you know. You know the ones. It's not the way it goes. It's, my mom would always say, Dad, don't drunk, drunk, smoke, drink, or chew, or roll with girls that do, you know. It's my mom. She didn't say that. She, she made, made sure that that was what I was doing. Brandon, don't drunk, drink, smoke, drink, or chew, or roll with girls that do. Um, so that you, you go back out, you do your habits, and then, and then like you do the old thing, and it was like your thing that you were into, or you know the attitude, or whatever it was. It, it could be a, a plethora of things, not just like a habit, but it's something that that was fulfilling to you. It was the way you live your life. You found comfort in it, and all of a sudden, you didn't find comfort in it, and it was weird. You know, for me, it was music. I was, I was really into music, and, and I, would, I would go to record stores. We don't have those anymore. We just have iTunes. But you would go to record stores, and I would dig through the records, and I would find them. And here's the, here's the thing, kids. You didn't know what was on it. You just had to buy it in faith that you would listen to it. Yeah. You didn't get to, like, try it. It was wrapped up. I remember taking a CD back to Best Buy and being like, hey, uh, I don't want this CD anymore. It's terrible. And they were like, well, you bought it. You got to keep it. It's like iTunes is such a wonderful thing. You get to test stuff out. But uh, in, in music, I, I found such, such pleasure in, 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 in searching and, and finding out new music and listening to new things. And, and all of a sudden, I remember the day that it was like, I don't find any joy in this anymore. It was like the old habits, the old things, even though it wasn't really sin, it was something I was putting before God. It just didn't work for me anymore. It was like all of a sudden... The old lifestyle, the things that I was so prideful in, the things that I found comfort in, were nothing compared to searching and following God. Have you ever felt the same about something? It's like, what's going on inside of me? I felt like the Grinch. I was like, ah, you know. Something's moving inside of me, and I, I don't know what to do. It's because I've been given a new heart, a new life, a new focus, but my old habits were not lining up with it. Now, here's the deal. I, I, I talked a little bit. I, I got married, um, which is phenomenal. Okay? But you live your life a certain way for a while, and then you get married, and then, like, everything's different, right? First of all, like, you reach over, and there's another person in the bed. You're like, oh, why is your hand, like, right at my face? You know, like, I think I've elbowed Erica, like, nine times. Um, he's right in the face. Wham, you know? Rather, rather large individual. Um, but married life, I, me I remember, like, uh, like, my whole identity was kind of tied up in this, I'm a single dad. 
I'm a single dad, single dad life, single dad life, single dad. I remember telling her again, like, this was single dads do. And she would say, she would say like, uh, you know, like, all my friends think you're so cool. You know, like, this single dad, and you just, like, you do it. Like, now all of a sudden I'm married, and I'm not a single dad anymore. All of my identity was wrapped up in, the, in the being this person, and now it's not that anymore, right? All of my choices, the things I would do, what I would communicate, then to answer to nobody, you know, like not like answer anybody, be like, you know, tell me what you're doing. Like, I just do whatever the heck I want. Single dad, right? I'm the boss. Now I got somebody I have to say, hey, I'm going to go have some tacos today. You don't see me for three hours, you know. When it gets into the fourth hour, then call somebody. <laughs> I have to be responsible. I have somebody now to rely on. I have somebody who relies on me. Married life is different. Old habits Sometimes die hard, but it doesn't matter how my habits are. I am this person now. Does it make sense? So uh, Eric got to go on our first family trip to Great Wolf Lodge after, you know, revivals and stuff. I take my kids to Great Wolf Lodge, and they get to, I kind of like pay the piper for being busy with church nine times in a week. And uh, we go and we hang out, and we, we eat junk food and, and do all that stuff. And then this is the first trip Eric got to go on with us to, to go to the hotel and, and hang out. And it was a blast, and, and we're having a good time. And, and she's like, I'm, I'm hungry. He's like, should I order some pizza? Like, order some pizza. So she goes up there, and, uh, and they say, well, uh, okay, we'll order you pizza. What do you want? And she says, what, what uh, room, what, what is your name? We'll... We'll charge it to the room or whatever, so we know what room number you are. And she says, Sealy. So then they go through the whole entire computer, and they're like, we don't have a Sealy here. And they like, thought she was like a serial killer. I don't know what they thought. She was there just abducting kids from the water park, whatever. She's like, oh, no, 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 I'm not a Sealy. I'm a block. I'm a block. Right? Why? Because old habits die hard. This is the curse in saying, you know, I'm just, a, I'm just an old sinner. Because now that you're on team Jesus, you don't get to be just an old sinner everywhere you go. I'm just an old sinner. I'm going to make mistakes. I'm just a failure. Blah, 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 blah. No, you're not. You're over here. You may have that habit that may be your lifestyle, old lifestyle, but you're over here now. Right? I, I bet you if I acted like a single dad, for the rest of my marriage, I wouldn't have much of a marriage, right? Trust me, if Eric orders pizza again under Sealy, it's going to be a problem. No, it's fine. <laughs> but what's the difference? The difference is who I used to be versus who I am now. It's like getting a new heart and having to change all your habits. I talked last week about how sometimes moving from this thing to that thing is uncomfortable. Jesus comes to give you life and life more abundantly. But if we're willing to hang over here and not cross over the difficult places, the uncomfortable places, we'll never experience all that God has for us. My favorite part of this passage is in verse 4. Can you give me Romans, the second part with uh, verse 4? Here it is. We were therefore buried with him through baptism and into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. You get the option to live the new life or not. It's who you are. My marriage certificate says I have a wife, but I get to choose whether I want to be a husband or not. I get to choose whether or not I want to have a partner in life. 
I get to choose whether or not we're united or apart. I get to choose that even though I am married. You get to choose whether or not you want to be old or whether you want to be new. You get to choose whether or not you want to live and have life. You may live a new life. You're permitted to. I get all the benefits of marriage, including taxes. Hello. Right? Don't you? You'd be a fool not to live married. It's up to you to live the new life. Don't believe me. Here we go. Uh, give me the next one. It's Galatians, I believe. Galatians 2. This is what Galatians 2 says. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live. Wow. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. That's big. That's big. Crucified with Christ. Now, is that like he did all the work? Romans tells us it's not the, the list of things you do. It's actually believing, and you become new. Your old life is dead. Christ lives in you. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith. The problem with over here, I'm just a dear old, I'm a poor old sinner saved by grace. I'm, a, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. You know, I'm just, uh, I'm, a, I'm a failure. You're not living in faith. I'm, I, I love it when people go, by the grace of God, I'm not that anymore. I'm not that anymore. That's something. I used to be an addict. I used to be an abuser. I used to be a person who was selfish. I used to be egotistical and arrogant, narcissistic. I used to be a gossip. But by the grace of God, I'm not anymore. But if you tell yourself you're this thing over and over and over again, even though you are new, you'll live over here in these old habits over and over and over again. And the problem is you're talking about it a lot. You probably talk about this life more than you do this life. Right? You wake up in the morning, what's the first thing on your mind? Other than I'm old. Oh, whoa, ah, oh, oh, ah. Everything in your life, well, I got another day, another dollar. Hi-ho, hi-ho. I-O, I-O. Where do you live? Over here. But you live this life by faith. I'm full of peace and joy. I'm full of strength and vitality. I'm full of the power and wisdom of God. Everywhere I go, his favor surrounds me like a shield. God is securing my future because he cares for me. Mm. Which side do you want to live on? What are you speaking? What are you believing? Mm. how long will you believe it? Because Paul says, I've been crucified with Christ. That's strong language. I no longer live. Christ lives in me. You're like, I wish I felt that way. He says, the life I live, that life, dead and alive in Christ, I live by faith in Jesus. You have to live it by faith. You have to believe it. You have to receive this new life because you have a new heart, whether you want to go to McDonald's nine times a day or not. You have a new heart, whether you, you just want to sit in your, your chair and, and, and wear that little you know, chest compressor, don't cough your lungs out on the table, literally, thing. You can be completely healed and completely new and still wearing the old thing. You can still be in there 
huffing on the little thing, talking about, I hope one day my heart gets better. You go back to the doctor and say, you know what, I just, I, you know, if you could just work on my heart. It's like, I, I did work on your heart. I cut you open and put new piping in you. I wonder if Jesus is saying that same thing about you. You keep coming to the same altar, talking about the same thing. God, I wish you would just, I wish you would just, I wish you would just. He's like, no, that's the old life, the new life you live by. Faith. Faith. That's what God wants to do in you. He desires to do it in you. And so he did. You're going to feel like this stuff doesn't add up. But I just, you know, I knew, but I'm not. More people come to me and say, Brandon, can I talk to you? And you know what they do? Talk about their old life. Like they're living in it every single day. I just, I, I know, I know I'm saved, but, I, you know, it's just, it's just this. I'm like, would you change your mind? What's it going to take to get you some new habits? Trust me, the first time we went out to eat with my dad when he was, like, on this new health kick, he went, we went to the Chinese buffet. Now, that's the ultimate, like, grease up your veins place. I'm talking about it's good. Give me the crab rangoon, cheese. Give me the meat on a stick, whatever kind of meat it is. I don't care. It's delicious. We go in there. We're at a buffet, and my dad says, uh, can I just get some steamed vegetables on a plate? And I, I think all of our heads are like, woo, woo, woo. The, the person who cared most about him eating healthy was my sister. Like, my, like we would have stuck, we would have snuck steak and French fries into my dad. You know, like here, here's, here's some, you know, here's some. She's like, no, not my dad. He's not that way anymore. And half the trouble with these new habits is that you go to the same people who keep feeding you the same crap when you're supposed to be on the new way. You're supposed to be in the new life. You're supposed to have the new mind. But you'll hang out with people eating French fries and be like, yeah, we'll give you some French fries. You know I got that new heart, right? Yeah, you'll be fine. That's my brother's. My brother, he's like 50-something. And uh, he, works at a, he works at a car dealership, so he sits at a desk all day long. By all means, my, my brother is very well off. He's very successful at what he does. Um, and eats like Triple cheeseburgers every day for lunch. <laughs> Give me a, a large Coke and a triple cheeseburger and a large fry. My brother's ate like this since he was like, and he's like, he was like the size of Johnny. He's like, you know, when I was little, uh, like I was in size 29 pants in seventh grade, and they were like in size 29 pants as 30-year-olds. I mean, that's how skinny my brothers were, um, healthy and vibrant. And, and my brother Dave still eats like that. Still eats like that. Doesn't exercise. Are you going to exercise? Nah. I'm just going to fish. That's my, that's my exercise. You know, he's got a, a comment for anything. So, like, Dave, bless his heart. I love him to death. But he's going to kill my dad if I left it up to him. Right? And some, some of you are putting your life in somebody else's hands, and they're killing you. They're killing you with thoughts about other people. Trust me. I got divorced. It's really easy to be bitter when you get divorced. Isn't it? Anybody else been divorced and bitter? Okay, so when you decide you're not going to be divorced, and then people ask you about your divorce, like, what happened? You just have to, like, dumb it down. It's like, oh, you know what? We were so happy we just left each other. Oh, that's good for you guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because if you say anything, like, this is what happened. This is like, I had one person sit across the table with one of my very dear friends and says, 
if I ever see her again, she's dead to me. She better never speak a word to me. And really quickly in your own heart, you go, yeah. That's what I'm saying. What are you allowing people to speak over your life, give you, feed you when you have a new heart? One of the greatest, one of the greatest pieces of advice I got from my father. Now, imagine having Larry Block as your dad your whole entire life. First of all, you were scared to death half the time. Not because he was aggressive or violent, but because he hears from God, you know, like... And then he would ask you a question. Yeah, he would lead with a question. So uh, how'd the night go? Like, what do you know? <laughs> First of all, you, how about you tell me what, how my night went, and I'll, tell, I'll, I'll fill in the gaps. But one of the, of the greatest pieces of information that my dad gave me, he, he was talking actually about when his brother died, and he was driving to... Seattle, and he's like, what am I going to preach at my, my own brother's funeral? And he looked at a billboard, and on the billboard it said, do not let your heart be troubled. And he preached a whole sermon on that. So I went into his office, and I was like, God, I was, I was like Dad, you know, and I, I talked about a few things. And, and uh, it was just a regular day. There wasn't like no special, like my life is melting down. And I do. He said, Brandon, here's the deal. God has given you a new heart. He's given you a new heart. This is your only assignment. Do not let your heart be troubled. That's it. And in a world full of trouble and anxiety and worry, they want you to be troubled. Half of those Super Bowl commercials are going to create a problem in your life and then try to sell you something. Did you wake up the morning, this morning with skin on? I think you need to check your doctor and see about Zephlem and and you're like, I think I do too. <laughs> Here's the deal. You don't believe by faith you're new in Christ. You believe this over here. Why? Because you have discrepancies. Discrepancies. I'm here to let you know that discrepancies sometimes are old habits. The discrepancies sometimes are what are called the fiery darts of the wicked. If the enemy can slip into Adam and Eve's space in, in the Garden of Eden, which is absolutely perfect, and begin to throw accusations to them, I, I don't think you're really like God as much as you think. I don't think he's, you're really made in his image. I, don't, I think God's holding out on you, Eve. Adam, don't you think so too? Yeah, I think so too. If you can slip into their space, perfection. In fact, what makes you think in this world, full of dirt, full of sin, full of problems, that the enemy is not throwing fiery darts at you? You're over here, you're new, you have to live it by faith, but instead you're living over here because you believe every fiery dart that sticks to you. Ah, oh, you know what? I just, I don't feel like it. Ah, you know what? I just, I just wish that things were a little different. You know what? My kids will never follow God. You're right. This marriage is doomed. You're right. This job, you know, just not fulfilled here. You know, my body is starting to hurt. I'm getting older. Every fiery dart the 
enemy throws at you is drawing you to this place of old habit, to discrepancy, rather than living in the new. I can't wait till we get a few more chapters in. I want to talk to you some more about that idea. But what you have to know is this. I'm new. I'm new. I'm new. You may live a new life. The old is gone. The new is here, he says. The life I live, dead to the old me and alive in Christ, I live by faith. How will I do it? This is what the Bible says, Hebrews chapter 10. This is the covenant I will make with them. This is God. After that time, I will put my laws in their hearts and I'll write them on their minds. You're so busy trying to be good without the supply of God. You're so busy trying to get all these habits in order, even though you know it's not serving you. It's like going back to the burger joint. Like, trust me, like I'm getting, I'm getting older. Like one, the other day Chuck gave me like this concoction of ice cream and stuff. He's like, this is my lunch. He's like, you eat ice cream for lunch? He's like, yeah. It's like, it's like, you need, it's like ice cream, like sugar-free. I don't know what kind of ice cream. It's this crazy ice cream. It's like hundred calories. And he, he put like all this like crap in it, you know, like, let's say crap. I mean like all the stuff my dad would eat, you know, <laughs> cauliflower, broccoli, ice cream, you know, like, I don't know what it is. He's like, try that. I was like, man. That is amazing. But I couldn't eat that. It's too sweet for me. Last time I, you know, pigged out on, you know, more than one Twix candy bar, you know, come in packs of two. I can't remember. And I, can't, I, can't, I want just like one nibble and then here you go, Judah. I can't handle the sweetness. Same is true of you. You're running back to things, but you can't handle the sweetness. It just doesn't taste the same to me. You know, I'm just not fulfilled in it. Why? Because God's putting things in your new heart and writing things in your mind that just won't do with your new life. Trust me, if you feel good again, I remember my dad's new heart. He said, man, I just feel so good. I can run miles. He never has, I don't think, but he does walk a lot of miles. Used to be my dad, you walk into his house and he has one of those houses like that you can walk in circles around. He'd be walking from living room to front room to kitchen to living room to front room to kitchen. What? He just got two miles in, in his own house, you know, like just power walking around the thing. What's going on? He's like, I just feel so good. I just feel so good. I just feel so good. Was that cheeseburger still a temptation? Yeah. They just, they just put a, a steak and shake somewhere that time. And he says, oh, man, I love steak and shake fries. We drove past. He says, but I don't eat them anymore. I wonder what things in your life are that way. Oh, I love that. But I don't do that anymore. Why not? It doesn't suit me. I'm new. That's nah, not my thing. I just don't get fulfillment from it. I'm new. Small things got to go. It's fine. I'm new. Live it by faith. Bow your heads and close your eyes wherever you are. Actually, just all stand all over this room. Your head bows, your eyes closed. Father, we thank you 
through what you're doing. And we, we feel you speaking to us, drawing us close. It's what you do. You draw us. And we feel that. We notice it. Maybe there's some in this room, Father, that have been living that. Why, why don't I feel new? Why can't I just get it right? Why I got all these same old hang-ups? Maybe you've been, you've been in this religious idea like you got to do, 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 do. God's saying, just be. Just be, trust me. I'll write my, my commands on your heart, your mind. I'll transform the old you. You got a new heart. Let's live. Let's live. Let's live. Here today say, Brandon, pray for me. I'm with this. I know what you're talking about. I need you. Jesus. You just raise your hand where you are. I want to pray for you. Thank you, Jesus, for these people who are truthful and honest. They've opened themselves up and say, I need you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. New. 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 The Bible says that if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. Maybe you don't have this new heart. So it makes it simple. We pray a simple prayer and give our lives to God. The Bible says he forgives us of our sin. He's faithful to do that. That he can make you new. He never goes back on his word. He is a faithful God. He doesn't change his mind. He doesn't say, I want to save you today and I don't want to save you tomorrow. He's always there, always faithful, always present. So here it is. First, we pray a simple prayer. It goes like this. Father, I believe in you. Or Jesus, I believe in you. Forgive me my sin. I want to follow after you. Let's pray it all together. Come on. Jesus, I believe in you. Say it. Forgive me of my sin. I want to follow after you. Father, we're so grateful that you're involved in our life. What an amazing thing. I pray today that these people will be transformed 50 years for the Chiefs to go back to the Super Bowl. Mighty long time. But here we are being new today. Second chance. You're faithful, God, and we're so grateful. In Jesus' name, amen. We give God a big praise today.